Hello, this is episode four of season four. I said last week's episode was episode four, didn't I? But I was jumping ahead. So in this episode, I sit down with Nuala Dewhurst of Griffin Planning to discuss the role of a town planner in your project. Often I see homeowners not contact one early enough or not capitalise on their skills to improve their project experience overall. So let's learn more from Nuala about how a town planner can help you. Welcome to Get It Right with the Undercover Architect. This is the podcast all about designing, building or renovating your home. I'm your host, Amelia Lee. Think of me as your secret ally. I am on a mission to help you create a home that makes your life better, whoever you're working with and whatever your dreams, your location or your budget. Together we'll uncover the nitty gritty of how to get it right and how to create a home that works, feels great and that you feel great in. So join me now. Our Get It Right podcast partner for season four is Colourbond Steel and their matte range. So Colourbond Steel matte is a great choice for creating a stunning, sophisticated and subtle look for your home in a material that is tested to withstand Australia's harsh conditions and be durable, long-lasting and strong for your home. As you may know, Colourbond Steel has been around for over 50 years now, so quintessentially Australian, it's been used in all kinds of projects in locations all across Australia with its tried and tested performance and its enduring style. The Colourbond Steel matte range takes this to the next level. With five colours to choose from, the matte range was tested for 10 years before it was brought to market. Sophisticated and understated, it has this gorgeous luxe feel in a material that's seriously strong and durable. There are so many ways that you can use it in the walls and roof of your home, whether you're renovating or building to create the design style that you're seeking. With a beautiful and neutral look, it has an elegance that I know that you'll love and it diffuses light for a soft, natural, textured finish. And not only does Colourbond Steel Matte look gorgeous, being steel, it's also 100% recyclable, it's high-tech, it's tested and designed for the Australian climate, it's a choice for bushfire zones, it's able to give your home a contemporary and sophisticated feel and it has 50 years of history behind it as a brand. It's just amazing. So head to www.colorbond.com forward slash undercover architect. And that's C-O-L-O-R-B-O-N-D.com forward slash undercover architect. There you can learn more about this great matte range. You can request samples, which I really encourage you to do. And you can get inspired for how you could use it in your reno or new home. And stay tuned across the season as I'll be sharing more ideas and info to help you see how it could work for your project. Now let's get on with the episode. In this episode, we'll be diving into the role of town planner. Now, the requirements for working with a town planner, when you'll actually need one and what you'll need one for, they'll vary from state to state, from suburb to suburb and from house to house. However, there are some key consistencies to know and ways that they can make your journey simpler overall. So listen carefully for tips for your project wherever you are in Australia or even overseas. So let me introduce you to Nuala Dewhurst. Now, Nuala grew up in the Blue Mountains, west of Sydney, and after living and working in Sydney and Broome in Western Australia, she moved back to the mountains and has raised her four kids there. 
Newler decided on a career in town planning after she got sick of the lack of pram ramps that she experienced as a young mum in the suburbs. I think we can all identify that when we've tried to push kids around in prams, end up just lugging them up and down stairs all the time. And so Newler's been in the industry now for over 20 years. With extensive experience in the Blue Mountains, Newler specialises in character and heritage assessments and in preparing statements of environmental effects. Look, these are that's a name for a specially required document when you lodge a development application with councils in New South Wales. And look, I've seen some homeowners have a crack at writing these statements of environmental uh, effects themselves, uh, or they'll use their designer or another consultant to write them. But my recommendation is that it's a job best done by a town planner and Nuala will explain more uh, in detail about why this is. Nuala has worked for state and for local government and she's always been passionate about the way our communities work. Her career has included assessing proposals for development and for preparing city-wide plans. So she's worked as a town planner in local government for over 15 years before she moved to consultancy planning. So she's worked on both sides of the desk and really you know, in terms of she's assessed applications inside council and she's also made applications for her own clients' projects outside of council that then get lodged into council. So, you know, it's a great set of skills to have as someone who's worked on the inside can often provide great insight into how to get your project approved more simply. Nuala's established her own business, Griffin Planning, and she and I actually met when a client of mine brought me a preliminary planning report that Nuala uh, had done for her. This client had commissioned Nuala to prepare it for a block of land that my client planned to build on. And honestly, I was so impressed with how comprehensive it was, how much information she'd packed into it, and just the level of detail that it then gave me uh, that enabled me to design a home for that block. And so I got in touch with Nuala to talk to her more about it. And She was also kind enough to attend my last Sydney workshop and she assisted the attendees there with queries that they had around council approvals and with council rules for their own renovation and building projects. It's fantastic to sit down with Nuala Dewhurst and to talk about the role of the town planner. I think you'll learn a lot wherever your project is located. This is about the who, the what, the when and the why of using a town planner for your renovation or building project. So let's get into the episode. So welcome, Nola. It's great to have you here on the podcast and thank you very much for joining us. Perhaps you could give me a bit of information. I've already given the people at home some background about you and your uh, professional experience and uh, your business, Griffin Planning. But in your own words, who's Nola Dewhurst and Griffin Planning? Oh, okay. Well, hi, Amelia. Thanks for having me here. It's really great to be here. Yes, I'm, I'm Nula and um, I'm a sole trader. I've got a business called Griffin Planning and um, I'm a town planning consultant. I'm an independent town planning consultant. And um, what I do is I work with clients to help them get their development applications through council. Myself personally, I've been a town planner all of my adult life. I um, graduated from University of New South Wales in 1996 and I've worked with local government for a very long time, so over 15 years, you know, with babies in between and whatever. 
and I I just found that I'd got gotten to the end of that particular career path and um, I wanted to get out there and just uh, try something different and, and work with clients, you know, have more of a relationship with clients. Um, as a planner at council, it, it, it tends to be a lot more adversarial. Well, not adversarial, just that that desk. You are kind of seen as the enemy, aren't you? Yeah, that <laughs> desk, you know, that counter at council gets in the way. And as, you know, as a statutory planner working for council, you have to be very careful about what you say to to people who are trying to lodge DAs because, you know, people can take it the wrong way or expect that they're going to get approval or whatever. But as an independent uh, consultant town planner, I can be much more open and free with my advice, you know, professionally speaking, of course. And, um, yeah, just, just work with people to get the best best they can out of a site. Yeah, that's actually a really great insight because I've never actually heard a town plan. I mean, I I think it's fantastic that you've had experience sitting both sides of the desk because, as you say, it does it does equip you with an understanding um, that's often incredibly helpful for people who are trying to get their projects approved um, to understand sort of what are going to be the key objectives of the person on the other side of the desk having to represent all of their neighbourhood's interests when they're approving your project and then also being uh, the partner of the the homeowner trying to get it through council. So, and, and I do, you do, I think a lot of homeowners would agree that town planners in council can feel a little bit cagey or um, a little bit guarded in the way that they provide information but as you say there's you do have to tread carefully when you're inside council to not be uh, indicating to a homeowner um, because you still have to follow proper due diligence in terms of the protocols that are required of you by your profession and your position. So. Oh yeah absolutely and I think too that um, you know things have become a lot more legalistic over the last 20 years or so when I first went into town planning as a council planner it would be that I could offer a lot more advice or or, or that um, people could lodge their development applications and then you know um we would assess whether that was appropriate or not. And now what tends to be the case is that um, applicants, people who are wanting to do a development, they need to prove to council beyond a shadow of a doubt that everything is compliant and right. So, um, yeah, the council planners have become much more um, looking to tick boxes and I don't mean that in a derogatory sense at all but it's just that that's the way the legislation's been designed so that um, you know everything's streamlined and everything's the same and um, unfortunately planning just doesn't work like that you know when you've got it every site's different and um, every case is is unique and um, so yeah, sometimes it's hard to tick all the boxes isn't it so absolutely yeah, yeah. And, and there's always you know some subjectivity as well around <laughs> assessing a proposal Um, So, yeah, I guess what I'm trying to say is that things have become a lot more complicated for the layperson and there's a lot more um, hoops you've got to jump through, I guess. Yeah, you can't just go up to council with a great idea and say, I think this will really work for this street. Council will want you to have everything everything sorted out before you come to them for approval. Yeah, so it can be quite difficult and challenging. Yeah, look, that's that's a great start in terms of giving a picture for people, I think, about what what they're potentially contending with when it comes to achieving their town planning approval, be it wherever they are located. Because mm. um, I often say to people that you've got to understand that council's not the enemy, mm. um, but that they're generally 
they're the guardians and the gatekeepers of protecting and preserving the quality of wherever you live um, and most likely protecting and preserving the characteristics and qualities that you bought there in the first place, you know. So they're people trying to do their job and, and understanding that I think can really assist smoothing that process when you go in with that mindset mm-hmm. that this is just this is not the enemy but this is a person who's trying to do their job yeah. and they're actually representing your neighbors absolutely then yeah. um then that i think is a much better mindset to approach the situation that's so nice to hear you say Amelia. <laughs> like <laughs> so many people i mean i still i still have that um you, you still know, have your council hat I on every still, so often? I yeah. still do because I was in, in there for so long. And, you know, council bashing is, you know, an Australian pastime, and, <laughs> you know, and, and it's it's tough. You know, um, most town planners are in there because they care about the environment and they care about people and they care about, you know, everybody rubbing along nice and smoothly. And most councils have incredibly good, um, you know, objectives of how they want their cities to look. And, you know, uh, if you go back to the baseline of what town planning is about, most town planners will be looking to protect things they call amenity. Amenity is a big word in town planning. (laughs) And what it means basically is looking after things like solar access and privacy and views and um, noise impacts and things like that. So, yeah, it's for the benefit of everybody town planning and it is really important not to see the town planner as the enemy because otherwise you're just in for an awfully stressful time you know I think you can either um, take the approach that these people are out to get me and how dare they dictate what I should do on my property or you go in with the um, outlook that well you know this is all for the common good and that's what we do so um, yeah you, you want to make sometimes when you've got your own dream you're so focused about what you want to do and it feels really hard when somebody says oh, I don't think you can have that window there or that deck's too big or you'll need to build it in much more expensive material <laughs> you know, that's really hard for people to take yeah. and um and I can understand that. But, yeah, you've just got to look at the broader goal and sort of take a step back and it's much less stressful that way. So, Nuala, in terms of understanding, you know, a private town planning consultant that you might get on your team to help you with your project, why why would you actually need one? And, you know, what what I suppose what will they help you do when you're thinking about building or renovating your home? A lot of people actually do their own DAs for renovations and dwellings and that's that's perfectly fine. Like a lot of properties might be just really straightforward and there's no um, environmental constraints or heritage issues or anything like that on their site. And council staff in those situations are generally um, quite helpful to the applicant, you know, particularly if it's mum and dad applicants and that sort of thing and they often have check sheets and things like that to help them through the process. And And that'll often be the case in newer suburbs, won't it, where there aren't mm. those older style of homes or particularly contentious issues around sites. So so when they're applying for their development application, they, they can just do the work themselves generally or with their, directly with their designer. Yes, yes, yeah, greenfield sites. Yes, <laughs> yeah, greenfield sites. So that's when you're basically 
all those large master plan developments mm. that are often on the outer rings of um, of cities around Australia. Yeah, yeah, where there's um, master plan communities going in or mm-hmm. that type of thing. Yep, yep, yep. But in brownfield sites, <laughs> what's a brownfield site? <laughs> so I love got... this town planning terminology. <laughs> so a brownfield site. <laughs> it sounds a lot worse than it is, doesn't it? <laughs> it's actually yeah. It's so it's it's infield development, which is another term. Sorry, it's um. You know, development where you're trying to renovate in an existing suburb or there might be a vacant lot in the middle of a suburb and there's houses all around and, um, you know, or, or you're just trying to change an existing building. So, yeah, where, where it's already been developed. Yeah, where yes. it's not uh, paddocks. Yes. Mm. <laughs> so I guess you might need a town planner in those situations where you've got a few issues. Um, when... I'm talking New South Wales here, but when you're talking um, 149 certificates, I don't know if every, anybody's ever got one of them, you get them generally when you buy your house and it talks about all of the um, planning laws that affect your property. It's really good to have a close look at that. It's boring as hell to look at, but it does contain a lot of detail. Yeah, so that's specific to New South Wales mm. contracts of sale. Yes. You'll have a section 149 attached to it, won't you? Yes. And as you say, it goes through all of those planning rules in other places around the country there. And I'll pop some resources on um, the the show notes for this. There are other avenues for you to check mm. what overlays there are on your site. Yes. And you can do that before. It's not information that you have to be the owner of the property to inquire about. You can just interrogate any property through those tools to be able to see what council overlays or and when we say overlays, we mean what are they going to be the specific town planning rules that will apply to that site. So Yeah, and um, in New South Wales, again, there's a website, New South Wales Planning Portal, which is... Um, yeah, that's a great website and I'll pop a, a link to that in the show notes and I've found similar ones for um, other states around Australia. So, yeah, definitely if you're starting to wrap your head at home around thinking about how you're going to find out about your council rules, be it for a property that you're building or renovating or even looking at buying, you know, head to these show notes and I'll pop some links there so that people can start having an understanding of this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And do your homework, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, do a bit of investigation yourself about what what might be some of the constraints on your property. Yep. So, um, yeah, to get a town planner on board, it, it just helps an awful lot. I see a lot of people getting really stressed or coming to me towards the end of a project where they've been battling with council for a long, long time. And you know, it's years in the process of of getting a development application to council because it's a complicated site and then they get to council and there's still more issues. A town planner can help you up front. The earlier, the better, I would say, if you have a property that does have a few constraints. And by that, I mean, maybe steep slope, maybe some bushland vegetation, you know, maybe some heritage items or character areas, you know, it's a built up area, you've got a lot of neighbours. If you've got those sort of issues, a town planner can really help you in guiding you through council's controls and and giving you sort of like an overview of how you can present a design to council that they're going to be happy with. Um, A lot of people also just, you know, the terminology just baffles them and forms just simple forms that you fill out for council are getting more and more complicated. I had one client um you know, she was she's she was doing a uh, house on a, a site, a huge block of land in the Blue Mountains, and um, and I thought that it would be a fairly straightforward process for her to put it in herself. So I gave her a lot of preliminary advice, and I said, "Look, you're a smart 
I mean, she is a smart girl. Just run with it. But she had to fill out the form like three or four times, and she was getting so stressed. Yeah, because when you just don't, when you've never done it before, no. it's and it's it's not straightforward, and you yeah. don't even understand. They'll have you know um, acronyms in boxes that mm. you may not even understand what you're supposed to be putting in that box. Yeah. And, you know, I I completely concur with you because you know uh, I think when we're inside the industry. We, we go to those websites, we know what we're looking for, you know, be it the building setbacks, the maximum building height, the site coverage, you know, sort of what are the key critical things that we need to understand to design the project in a way that's going to simplify the approval process overall and what are the any kind of specific factors that apply to that site that is quite unique to that site. And then, of course, you know all of the various documents that need to be so you know when you're submitting your development application some councils all you'll need to do is drawings other councils you need to do drawings plus reports Mm -hmm. then some councils you need to do drawings plus reports plus sun diagrams other councils need landscape drawings as well so Mm. you know if you haven't known all of that at the beginning Mm. then to find that out through the process means that you're having to spend extra money you've got delays happening whilst you catch up with the extra information so uh, you know I I am a big believer that getting a town planner early in the process and you know I know personally when I'm designing projects for people I'll get town planning advice before I even put pen to paper because strategically it places us in a much better position to advise a homeowner okay you say that this is what you want to do well we can do that in you know, five or six or 10 or 12 different ways to produce you this outcome, that one might mean it's in council for nine months and all your neighbours get to have a say. That version might mean that it's in council only for three months and your neighbours don't. This version of it might mean that we don't actually have to put it into council at all, Mm -hmm. you know. And so um, I think that understanding up front, you know, is that whole thing. So um, because it just, as you've been saying, you know, gives you an insight into some stuff that can be quite, bamboozling for oh, somebody yeah. when it's the first time that they've seen it. And as my husband says, like, you know, he's been struggling with the toilets, trying to fix that plumbing for a while there. <laughs> and um, he says, it's an insight into Newell's home life. <laughs> why, why would I waste all of my time on this when I can just get a plumber? It's, it's a little bit the same. I mean, yeah, town planning is uh, fairly mysterious to most pe- people, but um, we do have quite an important role, I think. <laughs> And, um, you know, if you, if you want to get uh, good direction and good advice, get an expert. Yeah. Hmm. All right, Nola. So in terms of, you know, this process of getting a DA or a development application, some places it's called a development permit, you know, basically it's your approval that some councils require you to achieve so that they can check that what you're proposing fits the local um, planning rules. Um, what is it actually like? What are the machinations of that look like? Uh, yeah. And I know this varies from state to state, mm-hmm. but just sort of generally, when mm-hmm. somebody s- says to you, "Okay, you're going to need to get a town planning approval," mm-hmm. what does that kind of actually look like? I would suggest first of all, uh, you've got an idea. You go into council and you ask to speak to a town planning or a building inspector, and you just talk generically about your block of land and what you need to do. 
Um, so often... this is before the design process. If, you, you yeah. Think that, yeah. Yeah. Just, just having a chat to them about, look, this is what I'm thinking. Mm. What red flags are there yep. for me to consider? Most councils have a duty planner or a duty building inspector um, that you can talk to and, you know, ring up and ask what times they're available because they're not available all the time. But they will give you some really good upfront advice about what to do and um, whether you need approval and what kind of things you need. They'll probably give you a whole bunch of forms and tell you to go away and the good ones will tell you to get in touch with the town planning consultant. (laughs) 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 Um, And then, uh, yeah, so so then you you go away and you've got your check lists and you and you keep busy and you get um, all of your draft plans together and uh, your survey and I'm sure Amelia's talked you've talked about all of this before on other shows so you get your package ready to lodge with council um, you lodge your DA um, you pay your council fees and um, you know then it goes through the the bureaucracy and it gets registered and um, usually it goes to like a preliminary assessment committee and they'll review your plans and at that stage normally there'll be something missing and um, (laughs) they'll write you a letter and they'll say can you please provide this this and that. Um, They'll be checking your application against council's uh, local planning laws also against the state planning laws if there's any that are relevant to it and um, yeah just making sure that the plans you know comply with the objectives they'll if it's if it's a development that needs it they will send it out to the neighbors for notification and that takes a few weeks um they also often have to refer it to other authorities like town planning as i was saying it's sort of like an umbrella kind of um job we know a little bit about everything town planners so we'll um they'll have to refer it off to engineers they'll have to refer it off to building inspectors um you know if it's food safety premises they'll be referring it to the food safety guys if it's bushfire prone land they'll have to refer it out of council to the rural fire service or whatever it's called yeah and there's all sorts of other authorities that they need to refer it to if it's a heritage building they'll need heritage advice so it's quite a long and complicated process and yeah, there's a lot of people getting involved yeah. isn't it, looking at your your package of drawings yeah yeah, it, yeah if if it's all applicable you yes. know like if your site's like that and um and then it has to come back and the town planner has to bring together all of these comments and sort of weigh it up and assess it against uh, the local environmental plan or whatever it's called at council policy and they have to write their technical assessment report um, and that can take a little bit of time, you know, and then, and then of course that planner has to then check it off with the manager. Sometimes um, applications have to go to council but not very often. These days things are changing. You might have heard about the independent planning panels in, in, in New South Wales. They're trying to take, uh, they're trying to depoliticise um, assessment of applications. That's a bigger story but, um, yeah, it's an interesting one. Yeah. Um, I think uh, councillors actually do have a role to play in determining um, applications. Oh, yeah, anyway, I won't go there. <laughs> yeah, no, that I can see. <laughs> you know, I think that subject. there's sometimes I think when the developments are much more contentious, um, mm. and you know, I know that there there's some. You know, I often hear from people who are saying, um, you know, I live in this neighbourhood and it's full of these types of homes, be it, you know, they're small semis or mm. um, or heritage-style homes and somebody's proposing three townhouses on a neighbouring block. And, yep. you know, I think when there is that big shift and change in the housing type mm. in an area, mm. then it is, um, it is fair enough that the elected, yeah. you know, political representatives get involved in terms of mm-hmm. uh, a discussion about whether that's appropriate development yeah. for an area. So as you say, you know, this is 
councils in place to protect the neighbourhood mm-hmm. for the common good mm-hmm. so that we preserve the amenity of the areas that we live in. Yeah. Um, and and so it, it's hard, isn't it, because there's, you know, always somebody sitting on one side of the fence that, that believes that they're, they're well within their rights to do what they want on the block of land that mm. they own mm. and then somebody on the other side of the fence who says, not in my backyard, I'm not, you know, oh, I'm not yeah. having that. So yeah. it, it's, it's interesting because it's not... Um, you can see why a town planning consultant can be so helpful mm. in terms of if you do have anything that's in a particularly complex or an older area or you've seen experiences of other neighbours having to jump through a lot of hoops. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know personally, you know, we've been able to expedite uh, with our own renovations, we've been able to ex- expedite the planning process so significantly yeah. um, and, uh, you know, go from it, having to have been ordinarily a full three to six month approval process to be able to get it through in a compliant, more complying development mm-hmm. approval process, which only takes two to three weeks and neighbours don't need to see it. And, you know, so there's, there's, this is the thing is that I think if anything, if everyone at home can just understand that getting this advice as early as possible, so mm-hmm. they understand the road they're about to go on mm-hmm. and how that road can change based on the design choices that they make, because you can see once it does hit council, mm. it can require a lot of interrogation and investigation based on what you're seeking to do. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. I think, you know, spend a little bit of money on a town planning consultant and you'll you'll get it back in savings down the track and headaches and, you know, yeah, as you say, um, designing it slightly differently to, to expedite it through council is really, really good, really. Oh, of course, I'm just going to say town planners are awesome. <laughs> So, Nuala, I know that personally, you know, I have town planners that I often work with so that if a client comes to me first, there's town planners that I call on based on the area that the project's in to just check in. If you're starting with the town planner first, though, if you're wanting to, you know, you're not even sure about whether you want to go down the road of finding a designer yet, Mm -hmm. you just want to see what's possible, you've got to playing around with a few different ideas, Mm -hmm. how do you recommend, you know, sort of finding a town planner how you might talk to them in that first kind of consultation, the kinds of things that you should check before you get one over, you know, how do you recommend people sort of start that process if that's where they're wanting to start? Yeah, sure. So, you know, Google is fantastic. You can always Google and uh, look about. Most councils won't actually recommend specific town planners because they can't, you know, be seen to have favouritism or anything like that. But, yeah, just uh, hit, hit your... your um, your search engine and have a look for town planning consultants in your local area. When you uh, first talk to a town planner, I think it's important that you kind of establish that they're the real deal, that they have some qualifications and experience. So I would always be asking uh, those questions up front. Um, you, you know, you, you can even ask uh, for some examples of their work if they've done some before or, or just talk to them about what they can offer you. Yeah, I think that familiarity mm. with the area that mm. you're trying to do your project in mm. is super important. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so particularly, you know, have you worked with this council? You know, do you have a relationship with this council or that council? But that being said, it's not always necessary either because, um, you know, a good town planning consultant will be able to stretch themselves across different areas. 
So, yes, you would be um, asking to see some of their uh, previous work perhaps, but often a town planner will give you an idea just by looking at your site, you know, if you give them the address and um, a a rough idea of what you want to do, of whether they can help you or not. Um, Sometimes a town planner might not be the best person to talk to. You might need to talk to a surveyor or, um, you know, go straight to your draftsman if it's a really simple job. So, yeah, I, I would recommend that you provide them with a little bit of information um, but and, and then and then you know a rough appraisal the town planner should give you a rough appraisal of whether they can help you or not uh, what I often do is I often offer people um, a preliminary review of their site and uh, that would entail me having a good look at their property having a good look at all of the planning laws that um, relate to their site and just giving them a rundown about what's possible on their site and whether what they're asking for is possible what kind of what kind of limitations they might have to their their ideas, yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, paying a town planner, you know, a few hundred dollars mm. to get that information up front, you know, I, I know that um, that's how you and I found each other was yeah. that you'd done that for a, for a client of mine and it really gave me as the designer a great place to start mm-hmm. that I knew was based in a real understanding of what the t- local planning rules were mm. and for her as the homeowner to have had her expectations set, you know, in terms of getting some good advice around what was possible, how long things were going to take, what she had to then ask the designer to include in their fees Mm -hmm. because she knew that she needed certain types of drawings at certain points, you know. So it can actually be really... You know, often you can you can go to the designer and find the town planner, or you can go find the town planner and get great information that then helps you get fees from the designer that are accurately mm. reflective of what you're going to be needing yeah. for your project. It's actually quite yeah, it's quite empowering. I mean, knowledge is power, isn't it? So yeah, you, you'll have all of that information before you and. I should say that a lot of councils will offer you that kind of um, advice as well. Uh, councils can offer, often offer you uh, pre-lodgement advice, um, but but generally there you you would need to have more you know some dr- rough plans done already. But yeah, if you just you know you've had um, a Sunday afternoon dinner and you've been talking about what you'd like to do and you're just wondering whether it's possible, a town planner can actually really help with with that stage. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. And and just to that pre-lodgement, so, you you know, we spoke before about the mm. fact that, you know, a lot of councils, you can just pick up the phone, you can ask. And I mean, I work with clients all over Australia, so I know that my first stop will always be to see what their local council is, get on the phone, mm. you know, look through the town, the town planning information online, yep. then get on the phone and ask if I can speak to a planner and just check in on some of the things and the interpretation of things um, and get some information about what I need to specifically know about that site. Mm. And and then, yes, as you say, many councils will give you the opportunity to do a pre-lodgement, which mm-hmm. is that meeting that you can have with the assessment officer that will be looking at your application. Yes. And often they'll charge you a small fee for it that then can come off your application fee yep. um, when you do lodge your development application. But as you say, you're best going into that meeting, aren't you, with drawings kind of already resolved? Yeah. So that they can give you, they won't actually, from my experience, they won't say yay or nay no. in terms of approval, but they'll show you that can often help you catch mm. if you um, need to prepare extra drawings mm-hmm. so that you can avoid that delay of the request for information mm. after it's been lodged. You can see if there's anything else that you're going to need to provide. So Yeah, actually the best uh, outcome you can get from a pre-lodgement is when they do sometimes say no. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, 
yeah. You know, like and if so they say, absolutely chance, not. Yeah. This is this is not good. Yeah. And then you've saved yourself a whole whole lot of pain further down the track. You know, if you'd invested in those plans, getting them to finalisation and you know, doing engineering and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, that would be terrible. So, um, you know, it is really good to check in with with, the, with council beforehand and a lot of councils are starting to mandate it actually that you do pre-lodgement for larger developments, probably not for dwellings, but, yeah, they want to see the plans before they come in. I guess so they can... Um, you know, develop that relationship with the, with the applicant, and um, you know, almost collaborate. Not not really, but at least uh, make sure that the applicant has a really good understanding of what council expects. Yeah, yeah. and I think too, it helps them streamline the process. And mm. you know, I, I think probably what a lot of people don't don't wouldn't understand is that there are there are statutory requirements around how many days that that approval process should take. Yes. So once a a planning, you know, application lands on a assessment officer's desk. Mm-hmm. They hit the clock, don't they, in terms of, yeah. you know, when things have to go yeah. to different places, mm-hmm. when they have to come back, when they have to go to. It. So, I think for, you know, a council to be able to manage its workflow, to be able to manage when they understand that projects are going to land and be able to give you the due attention that they generally do want to, you know, yeah. they want to be able to help you get through council as, yeah. as simply as possible. Mm. It's really great to give as to have that pre-lodgement meeting as a heads up mm-hmm. to build that, you know, I often find that it's a great way to build the rapport with yes, the assessment yeah. officer yep. that's going to be handling your application, mm-hmm. particularly um, I know from experience and, again, this is for larger projects, but I think in this, there's definitely some areas in older suburbs around the country where it serves you well to, to go with your architect or designer to one of these meetings, meet the planning assessment mm. officer and for that relationship and connection to be established so that when the architect needs to ring up and say, hey, how are things going, yeah. are they moving along, yeah. that there's not an animosity about that, that there is actually a mm-hmm. line of communication that's been established and a rapport that can assist you yeah. get a, a yeah. project approved overall. That's right. We're all human beings, aren't we? Mm. I think it's really important to have that relationship. And yeah. I know that council staff are often quite wary of, you know, showing favouritism or anything like that. But uh, that being said, you know, like, uh, you know, when you're wanting to get work done, it's so much more helpful if, if you've got a positive attitude than a negative one. Yeah, and mm. it's funny, I, I remember somebody saying to me actually that they they were doing a project in a street and they put their drawings into council and it was just all headaches and difficult. Mm. Yet the guy who was down the road who was an architect, he got his through all in, you know, and their their reaction was, well, he just, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Yeah. And I said at the time to them that, look, I don't actually believe that that's the case. Mm. I believe that the architect would have known exactly what council needed to do to tick the boxes, to satisfy their, yeah. their obligations. And so would have prepared an application that was um, much more straightforward for them to have all the information that they needed to then be able to provide the review and, um, and approve it, whereas this homeowner had not used any other experts. They used a draft person to do the design. That draft person hadn't prepared all the documentation. They'd been getting requests for information. You know, so I think and I often recommend to people that if you are finding that council is maybe taking longer than you expect, you know, don't get on the phone um, and start yelling at the person who's looking at the application. Um, 
that you actually want to help them do their job, you know, and if you can, yeah. you know, as we keep saying, this positive mindset of yep. look, saying, look, I understand that you've probably got a very full plate, mm-hmm. um, but what do I need to do to help you yes. get this through? Yep. Yep. Um, is there anything that, you know, I can do mm. to, to make this happen? Mm-hmm. And um, and as you say, that we're all human. So, And the same thing, if you have... Um, I have a lot of people contacting me saying my neighbour's building X, what do I do? Mm. I can't, you know, they can't, it's going to look into the back of my place or yada, yada, yada. Um, I've got an objection period, you know, I've got to meet this deadline. Mm -hmm. And I always recommend you'll have the phone number of the planning assessment officer on when you get that notification that your neighbour's doing that project. Pick up the phone to them, introduce yourself, say, look, I'm not, I am a neighbour, I'm not really... um, I, you know, I'm not sure that what they're doing is uh, what I want going on in our area for X, Y, and Z. Mm. But, you know, not not just starting to yell at the person who's trying to make these decisions. That's right. The meat in the sandwich. Yeah, because they just you end up just shooting the messenger and making everybody's time very difficult. So if you can actually remember that they're just trying to do their job to the best of their ability, and that what can you do, Mm. be it. If you're objecting to somebody's application or you're trying to get your own through, what can you do to help them do their job more simply? Yeah, yeah. We'll always um, streamline and smooth the process over, won't Mm. it? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I was just thinking um, earlier when you were talking about, um, you know, council staff wanting to make sure that they can do their job well and they've got timelines and all of that. A lot of uh, councils do have uh, reports about, you know, their determination times and they get published in the paper and, and then everybody points their finger at them and say, oh, look, this council takes, you know, 100 That's right, days isn't or whatever. It? They do too, yeah. yeah. And so, um, yeah, when an application comes in, I was talking earlier about that initial meeting, council um, planners are looking very carefully at your application to see if there's anything missing because if there is something missing, they can, um, you know, potentially reject the application Um or they can send, or they can put a stop the clock um, letter out, which which gives them a little bit of breathing spaces. So yeah, a lot of a lot of councils are really tightening the screws on that, so that their statistics look good. Yes, <laughs> and um, it, it seems unfair, and maybe it is a little unfair, it, it, but it's the system that we've got, and you know, there's reportables and accountables and all of the rest of it, and. Um, uh, yeah, yeah and if that's what what's getting measured, with. then yeah. that's what they're going to focus on managing, yeah. isn't it? So. Oh, it used to drive me crazy because how can you, uh, you know, assess um, a planner's worth by how fast they do a DA? Like they might be doing a terrible job, you know. They might not be looking at it um, well or helping the client at all. They might just be, you know, rejecting everything on mm. really spurious grounds. So, and yet they're really fast on y- paper. Yeah, yeah. and, yep. and they, it looks good. It makes counsel look good. So, yeah, that that's not right. I think... Um, you know, and, and, and to give people a bit of breathing space just to let <laughs> now that I'm working on the other side of the desk, I realize how hard it is to get all of the consultants lined up and working together yeah. <laughs> and delivering things back to council on time. So yeah, it, it would be nice if it was a little bit more easygoing, but it's it's just not. And um yeah. Yeah, so you can see, hmm. I think listening at home, you can see, you know, understanding very early in the piece, mm. you know, and well before you've put those drawings in so that you have all of the pieces that you need yeah. to just honestly just to make that project, that process go as smoothly as possible because that pile of stuff 
that is your dreams and aspirations and hopes for your project mm. will hit somebody's desk and then they'll need to be delivering their job yeah. description and and they'll be reporting to a manager and they'll probably have your neighbours calling them and uh-huh. saying, you know, why are you letting this through? Yeah. And and um and they'll be reviewing letters and those types of things. So it's that it's that I think of that understanding of what can we do to make this happen yeah. in a way that helps everybody out, yeah. you know, um, and uh, and just makes life simpler for everyone is um, is definitely a good way to go. Yeah. So. And just a little bit more insight on the council planner. <laughs> I was just thinking then about some of the DAs that I, I used to get and I'd have the, the applicant ringing me, yelling at me, you know, when are you going to get this done? And then, you know, I'd have... <laughs> have people ringing up objecting to it there was a koala uh, somebody wanted to do a koala observatory thing in Katoomba and they wanted um you know tourists to be able to pat the koalas and of course it just caused so much uproar and um, I can imagine <laughs> it was terrible <laughs> I had so many people ringing me about yeah. the poor koalas and, yeah. like, and meanwhile um you know, the applicant was like, oh, why can't we do it? You know, well, yes. we just want this approved. This is going to be great for the, for the economy, you know, yes. for the industry, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, yeah, planning. And you um, are just the meat in the middle, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, you need, yeah. <laughs> you need to go home and put your feet up and just go, I can't do this anymore. It's really <laughs> hard some days. So, yeah, be kind to council planners. <laughs> mm. Oh, and I think that's the thing, you know, having a town planner on board who 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 knows the the rules that 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 council planner is having to assess your application against yeah. and basically builds the argument for your project and why it meets those rules so that when the council assessment officer gets it they're literally going okay well this is a rule that needs to satisfy. Yes. This is the argument. Yes, that argument stacks. This is the rule. This argument stacks, you know. And so that as a town planning private consultant, yeah. you're basically building the logic and argument as to why a project satisfies the rules that it needs to. Yes. Even when it might not look like explicitly meet them, mm-hmm. that it meets the intent of them. And so it's that problem solving exercise and then backing it up with the logic and argument that then makes the assessment officer's job easier easier because then when the neighbor does ring in and say hey they can't do this Mm. the assessment officer can say well these are the rules that apply and this is why it meets these rules you know so yep the best applications are ones that are written in the same kind of language that the council planners uh, are, are using. So that's where a town planning consultant can be really beneficial. We know the language. We know, you know, what, what rules need to be complied with and we can make it easier for council to approve things. So, you know, it's, it's not a matter of who you know, what you know, that kind of business. It's, it's just that um, it's streamlined. Mm. It's, it's, it's ticking the boxes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Nuala, this has just been an amazing conversation. There's just been so <laughs> we've gone across so much ground, haven't we? So oh, I hope you at home are really enjoying this because it's um I think you know Nuala's shared a lot of wisdom about how the process works and uh, and what you need to consider when you're building or renovating your own home. So could you just talk to me a bit about how town planners generally structure their fees and how you know what you need to sort of understand when you're asking a town planner for a fee proposal and you know what you might need to sort of just have your eyes open for 
Yeah, our fee proposals can vary quite a lot depending on the site and how complicated your proposal might be. So you need to have a look at how much maybe their base rate is for a, well, what we call in New South Wales a statement of environmental effects. Um, so to provide that actual, so the statement of environmental effects is that written report that has to be lodged as part of your development application, yeah. isn't it? So yeah. sometimes there's other councils that will obviously require a similar report, but it'll just be have a different name. So, but in New South Wales, it's called a statement of environmental effects. Yeah. They might call it a planning report yes. or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, that that's the basic. Um, and then you might need uh, like there might be additional fees for a heritage report. Um, council, uh, sorry, town planners can sometimes do heritage reports if it's really basic. Otherwise, uh, you may need to bring a heritage architect on yes. board yeah, oh, yes. to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And other times where there's variations to development standards, those fees can go up. So Um, what do you mean by that? So where you're not complying with the development standards, say the height of a building is eight metres maximum height Mm -hmm. and you're wanting 8.2, that's a variation to a development standard and you'd need to uh, have some really good reasons as to why uh, council should consider varying that development standard. Generally you want to keep uh, to those development standards or else you're going to be in council for a lot longer. But if there's no <laughs> way around it, like if there's, you know, environmental factors, the topography, whatever, uh, you know, you just need that extra point too, um, then a, a, a town planning consultant can help you prepare an argument for that. And that will be an extra fee generally that, over and above extra. the standard fee, yeah, won't it? Yeah. Yep. And then it, it also depends what you want your town planner to do. Some town planning consultants do do the project management thing and, and so there'll probably be a project management cost involved. And in terms of coordinating all the various consultants that you might need yeah. to get on board, is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Other planners just do, you know, the real basic. They'll say, okay, I'll do your statement of environmental effects or planning report, bang, give it to you, you organise the rest of it. Um, some town planners will offer to be your applicant and kind of see the project through. Uh, so that they're then the one that council calls when they've got a question or something like yeah. that? Is that sort of, yeah. yeah, rather than calling you directly? Yeah, and a yeah. lot of my clients like that because yes. they just don't know what they're talking about yeah. when they ring up. Yeah, no, and I think that that's definitely wise, particularly if you're busy, you're not necessarily going to be available on the phone. You know, often I find that sometimes it can be very difficult to get the council planner on the phone because they're only available certain hours of the day. So yeah. for you to actually be available to receive a phone call yeah. can be quite critical to keep things moving, you know, if they do have a question about something. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and these town planning consultants should be concerned about that if they are your applicant, but yes. they'll ha- have to get paid for that kind yeah. of work, of course. Yep. So, yeah, um, you know, so it can be quite a, a range of uh, of fees. Yeah. And I think too, just, um, you know, I think it's always recommended with any consultant that you're bringing on board that their fee proposal includes what their hourly rate is for work that's outside of, you know, the fee proposal. So um, they may have fixed bundles of money assigned to the different kind of tasks, Mm -hmm. but um, also include, you know, any work. Um, For example, sometimes I know town planners will, um, they can't possibly kind of scope out what potentially it may cost them to respond to requests for information from council. So that will be included, that will be done on an hourly rate, for example. So you want to know what their hourly rate's going to be. Yeah. So because if council, you know, sometimes council will ask one question and that's a 10-minute job. Yeah. Some councils will ask 30 questions and it's a two-day job. Yeah. Yeah. So, of course, a town planner can't really anticipate that. That's um, right. And I think it's important to remember too that town planners aren't magicians. So as a, getting a town planning consultant on board, 
you know, it won't necessarily guarantee that everything's going to work out exactly the way that you want it and that there might need to be some compromises or some steps back. Um, yeah, you need you need to be prepared to listen to your town planning consultant if they're saying, look, I just think that this isn't going to work or what you're doing is illegal <laughs> or, or, or so on. Uh, you know, you, you really should take a little bit of notice of what they're saying. Um, yeah, I've seen homeowners say, look, you know, I know that you've said that I can't get a 9.5 metre height limit, in, mm. you know, on this site, mm. but that's what I want. So we have to figure out how to argue for it. And the town planner has gone, okay, all right, well, I'll mount the argument for it, but understand that this is pretty contentious and, you know, it doesn't really comply and there's no precedence in your street or, you know, and then, you know, even with all of that preparation, the homeowner still gets very angry and frustrated when council says, no, you can't have a 9.5 metre. So that listening to your town planner and to their expertise advice, and I think, you know, that probably leads us to this, you know, yeah. our question about what what are the key tips that you have for people working really well with their town planner, getting the best outcome from the process and just smoothing over that whole, you know, it's it's. Uh, I know a lot of people get very stressed and nervous about getting their projects approved through council, particularly in certain areas of Sydney and Melbourne where councils are notorious for taking a long time and being very invested in the way that they I'd analyse and expect um, results from the, that that process. So what are your recommendations for how to work with your town planning consultant? I think that the key um, tip is that you need to have good communication. You need to <laughs> be able to it's, talk. <laughs> yeah, and you need to it's be able to listen. It's fantastic to hear you say that because, yeah, mm. for me that's that's so critical yeah. in the case. Yeah. You need to be able to get through to your town plan. I mean, look, everybody's busy but... Um, yeah, your town planner should really be able to talk to you as well in a, in a way that you understand. And if you don't understand what they're talking about, ask them. You know, and um, yeah, because it is a it's an area of the industry that's riddled with terminology. Oh, we love and, it and acronyms, FSRs, and, GFIs. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's the that's really great advice mm. for for you at home to, you know, that you know, and I say this time and time again. If anybody's going to patronise you in the process of you not understanding something that is not your industry, it's a very good red flag that they're not a good person for you to work with. So I think, yeah, that that thing of you're well within your rights to say, hang on, slow down, I yeah. need this explained in layman's terms, can you please be patient with me? Yeah. yeah. But it is a two-way street and you need mm -hmm. to be prepared to listen as well. Yes. And, um, you know, a good town planning consultant will tell you up front, this is going to be really hard to get through. I don't think, you know, it's going to get through. <laughs> I don't think this will work. You know, maybe you need to go back and have another look at it. And a good town planning consultant will tell you that. Like some town planning consultants might be prepared to do anything, you know. And, Just to secure the work. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. and that's understandable. Like, you, you know, we're, we're getting paid by the client. Mm. We're employed by the client. So, you know, at times yeah, but you, you need to honesty, do that. you don't you? But you need yeah. that. That's what you're paying for. You're paying mm. for that. And you might go to council and they won't be able to give you that advice. They won't be able to say up front yes or no. They won't be able to say um, that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Laugh you out of the office, yeah, yeah. You know, or, or that, or they won't be saying, "Yeah, that's a really fantastic idea. Go yeah. for it. I think we should do it." You know, I, I get yeah. really excited by some of the jobs that I see because I just think there's just so many benefits to them, and um, because I 
you know, I know the rules. I can I can help people to to get them that that end result. But if I can see that there's just no way this is going to work, you know, where's your stormwater going to go? Where's your, do you know what the biggest thing in town planning is? What's that? Poo. <laughs> it is. It's always where is the poo going? It's just basic. It's how it started. The history of town planning. You know, there was too much poo all over London, and they had to sort it out. So it's still the same. And you know, we we, we can't get away from our humanity. <laughs> so I don't know. That's a good way to finish the conversation. But no, but, but I think there's some great tips there, and I think I think that first thing of understanding it's not council's job to tell you what you can and can't do they will certainly point you in the direction of where to look yes but it's your private town planning consultant that is the one that's going to give you the insight as to whether what you want to do is permissible and how much of a headache it's going to be for you to get through um, all the hoops that you need to so fabulous yeah, I that's think so that's good. look. It's been so <laughs> lovely chatting to you, Nuala. I really appreciate your time. You've just given so much wisdom Aww. to the UA community. So, uh, so yeah. Thanks very, heaps, Amelia. Very appreciative. <laughs> Thanks. Working out early whether your project needs town planning approval and what's involved, look, it will save you time, money, and stress overall. Homeowners often overlook the process of achieving their town planning approval and they definitely overlook uh, how to be strategic with getting their project approved more simply and faster. So I hope this episode was helpful for your project and demystifying some of this process with your council. If you'd like to learn more about Nuala and Griffin Planning, make sure you head to the show notes and I'll have links to the website and social pages there so that you can get in touch with her. In the next episode, I'll be talking to Josh Neal from Westera Partners. Now, Josh is a structural engineer, and so he'll be helping you understand how this role impacts your project and when you need to get one involved. Join me then. Now, before we finish, remember our season four podcast partner is Colourbond Steel and their mat range. So when I speak to many homeowners about Colourbond Steel, they, they simply think it's that corrugated metal that we see on roofs all across Australia. And that's not the case at all. Look, there are so many options and possibilities when it comes to using Colourbond Steel. And now with this mat range, you can create exterior walls and roofs on your home that are especially beautiful. I love seeing how so many designers use Colourbond Steel differently. And you can choose from a huge range of what's known as profiles. So a profile is the pattern or it's the ribbing that you select. So don't think that it's just the corrugated metal that's available to you. If you want crisp, simple lines or you want something that's softer, you want a contemporary or luxe look or something that's more organic or curved, honestly, there are so many possibilities for what you can achieve with Colourbond Steel. I especially love the matte range due to just how natural the finish looks and feels and the five colours in the range, they're a great selection to choose from. So head to www.colorbond.com forward slash undercover architect and that's colour C-O-L-O-R bond.com forward slash undercover architect where you can request samples and find out more information. 
Thank you for tuning in to the Get It Right podcast with Undercover Architect. Now, if you head to the Undercover Architect website, you'll see loads more helpful information on how to get it right when designing, building or renovating your home simply and with confidence. Not only can you see all the podcast episodes there, there's also a wealth of written blogs and videos too covering all sorts of topics. And there's other ways as well that Undercover Architect can give you more support and guidance for your project. Now, if you've enjoyed listening to the podcast, please subscribe so that you always get notified of new episodes as soon as they go live. And I'd love it too if you could please leave a review. (laughs) I know that iTunes doesn't make it easy to leave a review, but when you do, this is super helpful in spreading the word that this podcast exists to others who really need to hear it to get help with planning their future homes. This has been Amelia Lee from Undercover Architect. Thank you for listening and for letting me be your secret ally. Looking forward to next time.